coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, hipsters unite. We're going to talk about the coolest <laughs> thing in the world to collect next. Welcome to episode 134 of Verse Chorus Verse. I am DL. With me is Rachel. Rachel, how many variants of Midnight's did you buy? Zero, David. Oh, man. Hashtag fake fan. Oh, you know what? I did. That's not entirely true because I did register for one on my wedding registry and I was just alerted yesterday that it was purchased. So one will be heading my way. You registered for Midnight's. I think it's funny to register for like plates and a duvet cover and then a Taylor Swift album. All right. (laughs) One thing in there that's just garbage bullshit. (laughs) Well, we are not alone tonight. We have a couple guests. I'm really excited to get this conversation going with us all the way from where was it, Sarah? New York. (laughs) New York? Yeah. We have Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing tonight? I'm fantastic. She's fantastic. Mm -hmm. We also have AJ, I'm guessing, from Philly. How'd you guess that? I just (laughs) clairvoyance. Just on a whim, right? How are you doing tonight, AJ? Yeah, I'm I'm good, man. It's Friday. Uh, Yeah, looking forward to this. Well, thank you both for joining us. There are very specific reasons that I asked these two to come on. The biggest reasons are... Sarah, who on Instagram is at Sarah Spins Vinyl, which is exactly how it sounds. AJ, who on Instagram is at Philly Vinyl Spin, which is exactly as it sounds. I am a big follower of those that take pretty, pretty pictures of vinyl. And these two have been two of my favorites for probably about a year or two now. And we needed to have an episode on records why not have you two on sarah how long have you been collecting vinyl oh god since i think around like 2005 now it's been a while i mean my my collection isn't like huge by any means but you know it's an expensive habit let's face it but um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah it's been it's been a while you know Uh, what got you into it me and my brother we kind of inherited my grandparents vinyl collection love that and the minute you first grab a piece of you know a record in your hand and you just kind of see the art blown up and you can see all the tiny details and you can actually just like the feel of it in your hands the weight of it I've always loved it I've always loved the look of playing records you know it always looks like a cool thing you know the whole act of just like putting on the turntable and having a needle drop and then just like hearing especially with older records the little like pops and clicks and you know it's been pre-loved and it's had a life you know it's just I don't know it's just a whole thing you know (laughs) AJ same question to you. When did you start collecting? Yeah, I think Sarah has me beat. I think I started <laughs> a couple of years later, maybe on 2007. So I had a couple of friends who were getting into vinyl. I've always loved music. I've always collected. But at that time, I was doing a lot of, you know, I had iTunes and I was listening to a lot of MP3s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is this was back when I was still desperately trying to keep my indie cred up. And so it was just this constant, <laughs> like searching for you know new bands and new indie artists and i was getting to the point where i had like tens of thousands 
of mp3s on my like itunes and i realized one day i was like i don't really know any of these bands like i, I have a mm, you know, song or okay. two but i felt like i was just drowning in it like i had lost an appreciation for discovering actually an artist and, and listening to an album all the way through my girlfriend at the time bought me a record player and uh so you know obviously i, I married her um and uh, yes and uh, yeah and and she bought me and it was like and i re like i re-fell in love with with albums i'm almost like a recovering indie cred addict because i you know, just like i've gotten to the point where like i no longer care about like discovering every new artist one or two albums maybe three a month that I'll get and I'll just, I'll sit and I'll listen to them. And I really feel like I digest that album. I absolutely love that. And I I have more to say on that a little later, but yes, that is a great perspective that I agree very much with. Rachel, who is just as much of a music fiend, but I'm working on it. You're not a vinyl girl. You're working on it. Here's, this is no excuse. Uh, my record player needs to be fixed badly. Brand new records don't play well on it. It's like a dead grandma's, you know, old record player and it's awesome. But yeah, one of the speakers is completely blown out. So anything that's stereo is not stereo, (laughs) which kills all new music. My collection of vinyl is everything that David's been giving me the last couple of years, plus a handful of other things that I've purchased for myself in hopes that I'll one day decide to go fix the record player. I really think you should. I know. I know I should. <laughs> I have a lot going on right now. <laughs> but I think you will bring a very good perspective to this episode as well, because your listening is, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 100% streaming, right? 100%. So I think that's yeah. an important perspective because... As we'll talk about later on, the percentage of listening in this world is very high as far as streaming. We'll get into that. We'll get into a couple other things. I am a fanatic for, like I said, very pretty vinyl pictures. You have great pictures. You have incredibly eclectic taste. It's always fun when you're on Instagram and you see people posting vinyl and you have the certain people that are just one very specific lane. But then you have people that it's like, wow, they posted this. And then this on the next day, that's kind of fucking crazy. And then of course, AJ too, what I love is you throw in some educational stuff here and there, tools to better your vinyl. And I'm not sure if you're still doing it, but you would rate specific tools about how important you think they are or not, right? Yeah, I haven't done that in a little while, but yeah, I was doing that for a while. I'd like to get back into it. I'm still reviewing a lot of different gear. Uh, Yeah, right now you're doing it. There was like a warp fixer, right? Yes, the the record pie. That was a most recent one. We are talking vinyl tonight. I wanted to have a conversation. I'm probably going to do this once a year moving forward on the state of vinyl because as of really last year, the market has just completely exploded. It's tried to do this a little bit in the past, but this is something other. This is something that's we're, we're starting to get into manufacturing. It's become fascinating and it's not going to go away. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm really excited. I thank you both so much for coming on and talking to us. We really appreciate it. This is going to be fun. Before we get into it, though, we got to talk about the most important part of the night. Rachel, what are you drinking? Oh, big shocker. Good old margarita. (laughs) It was this or leftover beers from our winter meeting. (laughs) That's what there were Henry Weinhardt's in the fridge, and that was it. I like Weinhardt's. I know. 1800 uh, and Trace Agaves. Yeah. Sarah, are you drinking anything tonight? 
Um, I am. So I became a victim of targeted marketing and ordered a bunch of batch meadery meads. Oh, you know, it just sounded so cool. They have a ton of great flavors, but tonight I'm drinking the, uh, I think it's nectar of Valhalla and it's like a nectarine mead. Wow. It's pretty really good. Um, all, is of, cool. all of the flavors I've tried from like, they had like an apple pie mead. Uh, they had a pecan pie mead. They, I mean, they have a ton of different, like really cool, not all the time the targeted ads, like really get you and work out, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, get me all the this time. This time it did. Times. Yeah. <laughs> so. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mead okay. makes a comeback. AJ, what about you? Water. Ooh. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I have, uh, this is bourbon. <laughs> oh. Yes. And the, the bourbon is, uh, I brought the bottle up here because this is a friend of mine got me this recently. The Wise Man. I have never I've, heard yeah, of that. No, he's a yeah, friend oh. got it for me. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, and I just tried it for the first time last night and liked enough that I figured, you know, we'll go two nights in a you row. You just tried it last night. That bottle's half empty. I, it was hey. with hey. a friend. With hey. a friend. Hey. <laughs> Something's not adding up. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little more summery. This is a gin, lemonade, and some fever tree tonic water. So I'm in the Northwest. We don't do air conditioning. The days that are warm are very warm in your home. Summers are for watered down gin drinks. But don't (laughs) worry, I made like a triple batch. So I'm going to be fine. That is what we're drinking tonight. (laughs) We're going to get into this. Once again, AJ and Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. We'll take a break and we'll talk some vinyl. We are back. Records, vinyl. Actually, I should start with this. AJ, do you call them records or vinyl? I've never thought about it. Uh, usually vinyl records. Is that oh, cheating? Oh, hit is me that with the yeah. That is cheating. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Um, I think I just call it vinyl. I don't like. I again, I don't, I don't really think about it either. It just kind of just kind of happens. It, just kind of rolls yeah. out of my mouth. So I don't really think about it. I will ask you then, Rachel, because I was told this this year that the word vinyl is pretentious. Yes. That, <laughs> that records is what it sh- records are what the cool people will call it. Is that um, true? I would probably agree with that entirely. I actually say records just because my dad said records and that's what how I learned to call them that. I feel like maybe people that discovered them later in life, not as children, probably call them vinyl because that's kind of a newer way to refer to them. Yeah, I, to- I totally see that. We've talked a lot this year about the 40s, 50s, 60s. They were just records. Everything was a record. Right. So. And it was an older person that told me that. It's a record. (laughs) That's all right. A few things. I I said that last year was just a massive jump. There have been a couple of attempts of resurgence since the 70s, uh, but this is just much different than it was. Vinyl is now officially, once again, a billion-dollar industry. It grew over 20% in 2022 alone, and the numbers will be much bigger this year. Hashtag T-Swift, right? Yes. Um, You're not. Everyone, except for me in the entire world, is not thinking about inflation. So it is selling (laughs) billions of dollars. It's selling, like, not even a sixth of what it sold in the height of the 70s when albums were the only way to go, when record albums were the only way to go. But that just makes me think that it's going to grow more. 
AJ, if you had to guess where the ceiling is for streaming versus vinyl, how much more vinyl is going to grow? I think it is always going to be a niche market. So much of it depends on what's most important to you when you listen. You can't beat the convenience of MP3. And for most people, yeah. they listen to music when they run or they listen to music on the train or they listen to music while they're uh, you know, in the car. Like There have been attempts to install a vinyl record player into a car. It doesn't work. <laughs> and so it, it, that convenience factor, I think, is is going to be such yeah. a, a, a strong drive for people. You haven't been asked to do like a jogging vinyl piece of gear yet, have you, AJ? To no, break? no. I think I think people have given up on that. I haven't even seen attempts at like that's just, vinyl That's just giving me car. like PTSD yeah. flashbacks to like yeah. with a disc man and having yeah. to like skip right. everywhere, you know? Skip right. disc man. We're maybe not at it yet, we're, but we're maybe getting close. You know, 10%, 15%. Uh, I think what we are seeing, it's outpacing CDs. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. And, yeah. And a lot of that is because for, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this as we go, but mm -hmm. for most people who collect vinyl records, it's a tangible experience. It's actually, these are people who they don't want to just listen to the music. They want to touch their music and they want to hold their music and they want to, they want to open up that jacket mm -hmm. and look at all the album art, the tangible experience of dropping the needle on the wax, like all of those things for somebody who, who collects, if that's important to you as part of the listening experience, there's nothing better than, than vinyl. CDs just don't compete yeah. with that. So we'll go to the CDs now then. March 2023, the RIAA published a revenue report for 2022 in which vinyl accounted for $1.2 of physical media sales out of a total of $1.7. So very much took over. This was the first instance of vinyl sales growth outpacing CDs since 87. CD saw an 18% decline. Sarah, do you collect CDs at all or strictly records? I don't collect CDs anymore um, as much as I used to anyway. I mean, there, you know, there are some that I, I will buy. Mm -hmm. I find myself buying uh, CDs. I listen to like some Japanese bands and they don't have, you know, their albums on vinyl. So it's usually like an imported, you know, CD version that I can't really get my hands on anywhere else. And they're not streaming on Spotify. So Vinyl has definitely taken over. I mean, I don't even think I own a CD player anymore other than like my car, you know? And yeah. even nowadays, how many cars really have cars? CD yeah. players anymore? Oh. Are any of you audiophile to the point that you want vinyl because it's better quality than CD? I I'd love, love to, to think say of myself am, as one of those audiophiles, but, but I I just, I'm really not. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't be that hipstery about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally, there. so I'll say we are doing a dissection tomorrow of an album. We're doing My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. And I have been listening to that on vinyl, the three LP vinyl, and have just been absolutely fucking floored by the production and the sound. I don't have the CD. I haven't listened to it on C, but I have a hard time that you'd be able to hear the same things on that album that you could hear on the vinyl as you can. I don't actually CD. have a CD player. And it was one of those <laughs> situations where I think the only CD player I had was was my MacBook. And then I upgraded my MacBook. Months into it, I went to go like drop a CD into it. I was like, hey, where's the CD drive? Yep, I did that too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't have there's one. There's not one. <laughs> so, right, there's not one. I have boxes full of CDs that I just don't listen to anymore. When I first got into vinyl records, I promised myself, I was like, oh, I, I will not rebuy albums on vinyl that I, I have on CD. How long did I that have, last? I, like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
like I just got Pearl Jam 10 on vinyl and I was like, I, I nice. have that on CD, obviously. But as far as listening experience, so much of it just depends on the pressing and audio quality. I have listened to vinyl records and these are typically vinyl records that were recorded in analog and were never digitized. Yeah. They just sound fantastic. Mm -hmm. You just right. can't get that listening experience, the dynamic range from a CD. But more often than not, again, especially in the 90s, they weren't recording in analog. They're recording yeah. in digital. And so right. what you're getting is you're getting a, a digital recording that's been turned into an analog sound wave, or at least they, they tr attempt to turn it into a you know, sound wave. It's maybe a warmer sound, but it's not necessarily a better sound. This is a study that was everywhere this year. And I think it's probably kind of bullshit, but it was still fascinating. It happened when Midnight's came out. The big headliner of it was only half of U.S. vinyl buyers currently own a record player. Right. That it has basically become, Rachel, would you call it a collector's item or art? Both. Do you think most of those people are, what are they fuck, like framing it? Or it's Adele, so I have to um, have it. I found in studying for this that a lot of, at least the T-Swift, because I did study the whole Midnight's thing, a lot of people have them just as decoration, especially because there's the four covers they have with four different backs. Sarah, have you ever bought an album just because it's cool looking? <laughs> just because it's pretty. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's just like blasphemy right there. <laughs> I can't see myself doing that. But I, I do. It's almost like a FOMO thing among people too. You know what I mean? Where they just want to be included. They want to show they're a super fan. They can't be left out of this whole new wave of cool stuff going on. You know, as, as a former like, you know, 12 or whatever. And I was super into like boy bands. You know what I mean? I could mm -hmm. see myself like if, if vinyl was big back then, I could totally see myself <laughs> plastering that NSYNC album on the wall, you know. I feel like in defense of all the Swifties, if you're a book collector and you see this, like you love Shakespeare and you see this gorgeous leather bound copy of a book that you already have, this would look really pretty on my shelf and I might never read it, but it'll look really nice up there. I, I do collect books. I do collect, you know, cool stuff. So, I mean, I, yeah. I do understand the collectible aspect of it. Is there a leather bound Midnight's, Rachel? Could be. Give it a go. <laughs> right, it's so probably in the works. <laughs> So I think, Rachel, you're actually getting at a question. I want to ask Sarah this question. Do you own multiple variants of albums? I definitely do for the dumbest FOMO reason of, you know, just wanting the cool stuff. But right. but I don't have them sealed. You know what I mean? I, I'll still play, you know, both of them, whatever. It's, I just appreciate the the craftsmanship and the art, the artsy, you know, I'm artist on the side. So I love mm -hmm. like the artistic aspect of like cool variants, how they yeah. Yeah. manage to get it to look with that specific splatter. And you never know too, if, if it's a different year or a different company, I mean, maybe it'll sound different, you know? That is very true. Yeah. AJ, what about you? You, I mean, I'm looking at the room you're in. I'd imagine that you have multiple variants of specific albums. Oh yeah. And a lot of what is driving the, the vinyl industry is that record collectors are often completionists. Mm -hmm. If you're a super fan, it's not enough now to just buy it on vinyl. 
Right. You actually have to buy all the variants. It's, so, right. Yeah, it's, exactly. like, it's like Pokemon exactly. cards. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you yeah. have to, yes. you gotta catch them all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention to variants until fairly recently, but has that been a, th- like what Taylor Swift did with the clock? Has that really been a thing in vinyl for a long time? I don't remember really seeing a lot of stuff like that until the past like two years. Yeah. I don't remember that always being a thing either. Um, I'm not yeah. even sure exactly what year that kind of like, you know, kicked, kicked up. I mean, I say the last like, five years, if you found a variant, it's because it was a repressing or because mm-hmm. it, it actually included, yeah. you know, a D side or or songs that hadn't been included on the original on the original right. album. And so it was a variant, but it was a it was a variant that had more to it than just it was a different color or splatter. And I don't see artists do this anymore, but sometimes they would take a, an album and they would like create a test pressing. And actually you could find it in record stores prior to the album coming out. I was in a record store and I found it was a stars album and it was the cover was all white and it was this like interesting like orange variant and i like i got angry because i was like this isn't supposed to be out yet like i've been waiting for this album. I, I took it to the clerk and i was like what are you doing like you're selling bootleg records and he's like no that's just a test press that they released for you know for people like okay. you who, who were digging yeah. through but that was unusual the whole idea of like there being like six variants that's fairly recent let's go through the top 10 selling vinyl albums of 2022 we're going to keep talking about it, I guess. But when did Midnight's come out? What Do you know what month, Rachel? October 22. October 21st, 2022. Midnight's comes out in October, and it is the number one selling vinyl of that year with 945,000. Harry Styles, Harry's House is number two. Right. Sour by Rodrigo is number three. And then it gets interesting. Mad City by Kendrick Lamar is number four. Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, five. Six is Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler, the Creator, which came out the year before. Folklore is number seven. Igor, again, Tyler, the Creator, number eight. Thriller is number nine. And Abbey Road is number 10. Mm. So this is an incredibly interesting mashup. It's eclectic. It's a wild mix. Right? (laughs) To me, it's very much proof that vinyl is in the zeitgeist now. Because you've got the Taylor Swifts and the Harry Styler, Harry Stylers, Harry Styles and <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. But then to me, seeing that Abbey Road, Thriller, Rumors is on here makes me think new collectors are coming. And all these people that are brand new to vinyl are saying, oh, God, I need Thriller. I need Abbey Road. Right. It looks like you're a fake if you just have recent albums. Yeah. You need to have a couple old ones to help your cred which we are prideful people record collectors yeah sarah would you be embarrassed walking into a record store and buying thriller <laughs> would, the, would the record store owner look at you like so you're a noob then <laughs> uh, you know i don't know i actually don't own thriller so <laughs> maybe a weird question for me maybe. <laughs> are there albums like rumors or thriller or what is there an album like that you just don't own yet and you're that you're like how the hell do i not have this yeah i mean there are a lot of them i'll tell you so a couple days ago i was in a, a record store in pennsylvania i'd never been in there before every record store kind of has its own personality based on the yeah. you know musical yeah. tastes of, of the owner it was clear that people who were like running the shop were like metalheads everything was was metal and i'm not a metalhead so i'm in there and i'm you know and i'm talking with a guy and we're you know we're trying to find common ground we're chatting we're and we're having fun <laughs> but like one of the albums that i've always wanted in my collection was Metallica's Black Album. 
Ooh. And, and it, and it's like, it's <laughs> like, I, like, I, I want that because they're, cause again, it was one of these ones is kind of a nostalgic thing. There are a couple songs mm-hmm. on it that I really, really like. Yeah. I'm not a metalhead. And like, if you're a true metalhead, that album is when Metallica sold out. Exactly. Right. And, and so, and so I went and, but I'm like, I like, look, I'm not really a metalhead. So for me, I actually like that. <laughs> so this is okay to me to do this. I can listen to go and up so, to the front and say, can yeah, I please buy Right. This? So I had that experience where like, I, I like had to apologize to the dude. Like I went <laughs> and like, I bought it cause I really wanted it and I've been wanting yeah. it for a while. And I found that I found it at a good price. And so I bring it up to the counter and like, I was hanging my head in shame. And I was like, this isn't what I, it looks like. I like, swear. Yeah. Like I, it's I for really my little brother. Yeah, right. This album. Like, I'm just like, I, I, friend. Yeah. I, I know this is their sellout album. I'm sorry. Like, this is probably just the most metal album that I will probably ever own. And, <laughs> and we can still be friends. So the guy, the guy had a good humor about it, but he definitely they were like they're ragging on me. Though. But that was that was one of those ones where I just felt there are certain albums in certain genres because of their significance, either in music yeah. history or my own life where I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like I need to have that one. I don't know if I'll even listen to it a lot, maybe a little bit. There are a couple That's a great album. It is. It's just like, and, and I listen. I got home and I dropped the needle on it and I was like, man, this brings back a lot of memories. Yeah. And, and there's some, some great songs on it. It was great. Like reliving it. Don't get us started on their new album, 72 seasons. Right, Rachel? <laughs> so good we got in a little bit of trouble for our reaction to that album <laughs> the youtubers didn't like how much we did not uh, love that album um, you're not wrong <laughs> oh yeah take that youtube come at me yeah <laughs> one thing that i didn't think of until studying for this couple articles that i found covid covid helped mm-hmm. the obsession for vinyl a lot did you everybody's shaking their head so yes. everybody Sarah, did you collect more during COVID or did you find more people were doing it? I found more people were doing it. I think my level of collecting kind of stayed steady. Recently, it's become more of a more of an issue. A problem. Yeah. More of a problem. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. But I definitely notice, uh, you know, others kind of that being a trend among other people, especially people buying online uh, discogs right. or. Yeah, discogs just fucking exploded like holy crap i mean everybody um, using discogs now i haven't figured out on that website and maybe one of you have more insight or more of a thought i can't figure out for myself yet if it is inflating or if it is a place that sellers know they can take advantage of or if it's just that's kind of the cost of playing in records right now record is definitely getting more expensive and there are a lot of reasons and we can talk about those but mm-hmm. one of the things that i've learned as a collector and this is particularly true on discogs if you see an album that again has been out of pressing for a while and it just has an outrageous price, just wait. Eventually re reissued. Yeah. And and it's just like every time I have like pulled a trigger at like 2 a.m. to buy that like hundred dollar record that I just really wanted. Yep. You know, like two years later, a year later, six months later, it will be repressed. And it's just mm-hmm. like, ah, just wait. Just we, wait. It's there. not worth We've it. All been there. Yeah. That fucking discogs the want list that comes every day in my yeah. email. Oh God. Yeah. You vile temptress. Get out yes. of my inbox. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The other interesting thing, and you started to talk on this, and I think one of the other parts that has really hurt the record making industry, COVID punished the plastic industry, the lacquers, everybody was ordering takeout. So all of the fucking plastic takeout right. stuff. 
I knew that it was an issue. I didn't realize how big of an issue until studying for this. That makes perfect sense. The correlation with plastics and everybody's eating takeout now. And it's literally everybody's eating takeout now. I mean, yeah. you've seen like the pictures of the uh, atmosphere before COVID and, and during COVID and how there was all the pollution and then literally nothing yeah. because nobody was outside. <laughs> so literally everybody's inside with their plastic containers three times a day. Um, Pressing plants. There is, a, I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, out West, there's a fire or out West. The Apollo Maine. masters. Yeah. You know, all of those things have an impact. Artists yeah. like, it all comes back to Taylor Swift, you know, artists like Taylor Swift who are pressing so many, so many albums, or I should say right. so many, so many variants. Are that, we going there just, now? It just clogs. I mean, we, don't have, we, don't, we don't have to, we can go later. <laughs> but I will tell you this, and this is, this is going back a little bit. One of my experiences in COVID, COVID was surreal. I mean, it was surreal for everybody. Uh, you know, I live in Philadelphia, and so things really shut down, including the le- local record stores. They were actually prohibited from, from opening up. I really, really tried to support local record stores. And so I like to travel around to local record stores. I buy probably 75% of my albums from local record stores. And I'm just going to admit this and when it's being recorded, and hopefully they won't get into trouble. We would do like back alley deals. Like I would, it was outside. Would, it's fine. They would like, I would, they were I, wearing masks. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I would call them up and they would be like, Hey, like I, like I need, like I need, I need a, something. I need a fix. I need a record. <laughs> and, uh, and they would, they would like come out and like, in like, the like back a trench door, coat, you know, yeah, and, like crack the door open behind the store and like slide the records out to me. And I'll like slide the cash into them. And it was just this <laughs> surreal experience where I was like, I feel like this is a speakeasy. Yeah. Uh, or I'm having to to actually purchase these records, you know, back alley. Nobody expected this vinyl resurgence. And, right. you know, you go back 10 years, vinyl never entirely disappeared. You know, down in Memphis and Tennessee, I mean, they have fairly decent sized record pressing factories. Mm-hmm. You go back 10 years, they were small outfits and they had, you know, machinery that was back from the 50s, 60s. Yeah. And and the problem that that we've been facing is not only hardware in the pressing plant is just archaic, is back from the you know 60s and 70s and just yep. breaks easily and it doesn't work and it, it can't mm-hmm. keep up. But you also had there's a knowledge infrastructure that's disappeared over the years. And so you don't actually right. have people who know how to press records. And so yep. here we are, we're kind of it's finally catching up. You know, we have we have, you know, third man records. We have other we have other Jack Black, who's been a, a real advocate for Jack uh, White. For the record. I'm sorry, Jack White. Yeah, not Jack yeah, Black. Black I White. Guess maybe Jack Black too. <laughs> I was like, really? I bet they both I bet they both I bet Jack Black has a lot of vinyl. I, I'm I'm yeah. sure Jack Black collects <laughs> records too, but I was talking about Jack White. Yeah. So Jack White. Um, you can edit that out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jack White. So so he's been a huge advocate for the industry and others have advocated for the industry such that you're starting to see pressing plants, you know, grow in their capacity and people are relearning how, but, yeah. but it's a good decade behind demand in many ways. Oh yeah. It just, it just hasn't been able to keep up. I think it all really started from this perfect storm of you had mentioned it, but right when the resurgence was starting to happen, but it was still indie bands that were able to make money from people that were actually buying vinyl again. And then the Apollo Masters fire in 2020 happened 
And that was like 80% of the fucking lacquers. Right. Everything shut. In fact, there is a vinyl behind me, the Gama Senen, which was uh, recorded down in the, the Joshua Tree Studios where all the Queens of the Stone Age stuff was recorded. And it's an amazing record to, to own. I had him on to talk about him creating this album. And he was set to be pressed right before the fire happened. All these independent artists were just left with nothing they could do. Every chance I get, I will applaud people like Jack White for doing what he's doing at his pressing, which is just incredible. I got, I got, actually got to go there last year and check it out. And I just absolutely love what he's doing. But I do think you're right. I don't think the industry is going to catch up for a while. But I do think it's a good thing that the industry is having something to catch up to. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a break. There are a couple very specific, maybe half bitching, half is it good though, things that I want to start talking about. Pros and cons, we'll call it. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We are back. Sarah, what is your opinion on special edition, deluxe edition, anniversary vinyls that have started to become a thing? You got to buy this new vinyl. It's never minds whatever if anniversary. Here's your seven LPs with the thing and the thing. Do you love it? Or do you not love it? I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it because I know I'm going to be suckered into buying it. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> do I really need it? Like, I, I almost bought the the Beach Boy Surf's Up set. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, God, do I really want it? I kind of really want it. But will I actually listen to it that often? So I kind of passed on it. But, you know, I mean, if they dropped all of the Weezer Deluxe stuff, oh. I would uh, sell my <laughs> non-existent Firstborn for all of that. But... <laughs> So much depends on on what's on it, you know. Are yeah. they are they releasing songs that haven't been released before, or have been released on singles that that I don't have on vinyl? It's the same issue. It's the it's the cost. My uncle put it best to me when I was really trying to figure out myself what it was about these that I didn't love because there's something about it that just makes me uneasy. Yeah. And I was talking to my uncle, and it, the Revolver had come out. And he was the one that when I was a little kid, he was the one that got me into the Beatles and said, "Just so you know, this is the greatest band of all time. Here you go." <laughs> You're welcome. I asked him if he was going to get the Revolver special edition that came out. He's like, no. And it, I was like, that's a pretty staunch no. Why is it such a no? And he's like, did the Beatles come out with it? If the original Revolver was good enough for John and Paul, it's good enough for me. It's like, yeah. ah, that's a good fucking tagline there. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that there's something to be said, like with what Sarah said about her, obviously Weezer would be a favorite band of hers. I think that there's a difference there when you, you have those like three bands in your mind that, well, if they ever come out with anything i'm going to buy yes. it if taylor swift is putting out five albums <laughs> that sound exactly the same so but are right, different so colors that she I, I already ask. came out with here's a good one that i think there are a lot of very big pros and very big cons and that is record store day mm. sarah do you participate in record store day I can't deal with lines. I can't deal with lines for hours and hours and hours. It's just not worth it for me. I usually just wait, look and see if there's any leftovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes if I'll 
see one that I like desperately need, you know, I'll reach out to any, somebody I know that is going for me. But, <laughs> Snag me. <this>. Um, <laughs> can you get this on the sly? AJ, same question. I mean, you, you already heard me say that I love supporting local record stores and uh, I think I know where I, you're going with this. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were years where I, I did that. Like I got there at like 4 AM, 2 AM. I stood in line. I, I waited. Ooh. The problem is that I just don't listen to those albums. And that's where I, you know, I'm at the point where my record collection is large enough that I need to be selective about what albums I'm buying. And there's so much good music out there right. that most of the stuff that's released on record store day, I know myself well enough to know that they're, they're just not albums that I'm going to listen to. You know, again, it goes back to what you were saying before. It's like, why were they released? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. An obscure live album. It's like, well, the artists really, they didn't release it in the first place. And there's probably good reason. So I got a quote from a local owner of a record store. I'm not going to say names. I'll, I'll keep it anonymous. Here's their quote. I want to keep this anonymous because Record Store Day is a massive, massive mm -hmm. influx of income for them. It's huge. Right. But here's what they said. It used to be small and community-based. There'd be like 10 titles on the rack and no one queuing. But the big labels ambushed it and are now making mass orders for multicolor vinyl reissues of classic rock titles, swallowing global production capacity and creating huge backlogs, all in the name of Record Store Day. Yeah. It's like any industry that picks up in popularity. Mm -hmm. The companies with the money, they're going to get theirs. And that's kind of what we're seeing now. And that's my biggest problem with Record Store Day right now is it, it backs up the pressings even more now. Yeah. Sure. Because then, oh, Record Store Day's coming. Let's get that weird bootleg version of David Bowie's whatever, whatever album sure. that we've yeah. come out mm -hmm. with 27 times. But like I just said, it's a massive influx of income for these independent record stores that we've been talking about need to be able to flourish. If you have David Bowie's complete discography and you love them that much, but chances are you don't. And so don't buy that obscure, you know, re-release. Buy one of his albums that stood the test of time that yeah. you probably don't have in your collection. Go the next day, support the local record store, but don't wait in line to get the obscure bootleg. Right. I right. love that. Go the next day. Yeah. I love that. The owner continued, and this is something else that happened with record store day. Then during the pandemic, the big labels decided to do two record store days over the summer. So it was a double whammy, not to mention Black Friday too. We are talking about a whole year being blocked out, the right. whole supply chain completely disrupted. Yeah. So all of these pressings were getting flooded by the Adele's and the Taylor Swift's and the whoever the other big one was. Ed Sheeran. And then Ed Sheeran, yes. And then all these independent artists that I would say the bulk of the people that have been appreciating vinyl for a long time were pushed out. You had right. bands like, I can't even think of an example off the top of my head of an, of what was the idols, the punk band idols. I couldn't get their fucking vinyl for like a year because of Adele. Mm -hmm. That is the selfish egotistical record person in me is mm -hmm. I want that idols album more than <laughs> you want that Adele album. I promise you. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, also the thing with the Adele album is there are so many that are just left unsold and it's just <laughs> oversaturated. Right. And yeah, it's yeah. like, at what point does the Adele album become the new Atari ET game and it ends up in a landfill <laughs> and it's just like 
forgotten about. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so that's many. a good point. You see all these pictures of just shelves just filled with unsold Adele albums, you know, and it's just there's just so much oversaturation at this point. Well, and that and the the anti-Swifty and me conversely now says, and how many of those that are purchased are going unlistened because it's just to purchase it when David wants to buy an album to listen to it. And that's unfair. Exactly. I think the other problem that you have is that so many of these things claim to be limited runs. They're, they're not. They're just not limited yeah. runs. And mm -hmm. so even I think probably the last album that I got for Record Store Day was probably the Strawberry Fields mm -hmm. single. It was one of those things where I waited in line because, uh, you know, they're, they're repressing the single and I'm a Beatles fan and I really wanted this, this Strawberry Fields, you know, single. And so I waited in line starting at 2 a.m. because it was this limited release and they sold out like almost immediately. Like, mm -hmm. I think the record store I went to had like two and I got like one of the two. So like the first two of us in line got them. And I was thrilled. Jeez. I was like, I got this. And it was like, amazing. And then six months later, they came out with a whole collection of those singles that included that Strawberry Fields single. And so, oh. yeah, so it's not a limited release. And you see that <laughs> right. more and more yeah. where they're like, you know, it's a limited release. You know, this is one of 700 or one of 600, but it's not, you know. It's, yeah, they, it's, they love giving that false sense yeah, of scarcity, right, you know. Right. Coheed and Cambria recently did a repress of Second Stage Turbine Blade yeah. and Equal Vision Records did it like limited release and it sold out like immediately. Of course, I got one because I, you know, had to, it would be a shame. But um, <laughs> so many people complained and they were like, oh, we're just going to do a second pressing and it's just going to be open pre-orders. And it's like, cool. Yeah. You had a it's... second one this entire time. Right. So what <laughs> happened know? to all the people who bought it at the inflated price? And yeah, you, right. you know, exactly. You know, to, it's yeah, just yeah. this false sense of yeah. scarcity that they like right. to present. Well, and there you go with that Discogs thing again. I'll stare at my Beck's Midnight Vultures and my Discogs at $300. And I'm like, I know if I buy this in two months, he's reissuing it. Right. The dirtiness that is starting to happen is more proof that it's getting bigger. So is it a good thing? And this is where we'll go into somebody like Taylor Swift that decides I want to print out 700 kabillion albums. Deal with it. There is a good aspect to that. Because now all this money is going to be saying, wait, vinyl's a thing again? Mm -hmm. And I do think, for better or for worse, Universal and BGM and Sony are going to start researching plants and openings yeah. and training. And all of a sudden, all these pressings plants are going to open up. I mean, it seems like this is inevitable, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely think there's... That's really the only solution they have at this point. Otherwise, there are going to be so many more setbacks and setbacks and bands are just going to get nothing released, you know? It's going to be the Adele's. It's going to be the Taylor Swift's because there are just so many people who are buying those vinyl records. And the, the industry has been reinvigorated. And I think for a long time, everybody thought it was because it was this was baby boomer nostalgia or, or you know, Gen X nostalgia. But it's mm -hmm. not. The vast majority of the people who are buying vinyl records right now are, are millennials yes. uh, and, and even Gen Z, really, until we actually increase the capacity of these vinyl record pressing plants, yeah. indie artists are going to just gonna continue to be kind of pushed. They're not going to get priority. They're not going to get priority pressing. It sucks because it was the one fucking thing besides touring, besides live shows, it was the one thing that these bands had. Yeah. It was the one thing they had to make money off of. It's being taken away from them. We do about four interviews a year and it's always with a, we've done the Annie Clements, the bass player for Marin Morris, and we've done 
I just talked to Brad Roberts of the Crash Systemies. Everybody has said that the vinyl resurgence has been great. They can sell those at their shows. I just really hope this doesn't get taken away from them. If streaming is 84% of the market right now, but the money is that close, that's ridiculous. Okay, here's a question. Speaking to this, AJ, do you have a Spotify account? No. Good for you, man. Fight the yeah. power. <laughs> I just... Is that a conscious effort? A little bit. I still have my, you know, iTunes account that I like dust off mm -hmm. every once in a while. And <laughs> well, uh, you, so, you, know, you bought all those fucking songs. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't just. <laughs> so I still would, even if it's an MP3, like I want it on my phone, at least downloaded. You are an honorable person. <laughs> I got Sarah, same question. And the, I'm not grilling anybody because I will tell, like, once we get to me, I will, I will be the worst of us, I'm sure. Sarah, do you have a Spotify account? I do. I am not as strong as AJ. I could not <laughs> resist. But I do have a lot of actual like MP3s on my phone that I have imported into Spotify as like local files. So I'll just yeah. have them all mixed into my playlist with the oh, other yes. stuff. I'll tell you what, David, what I do miss, and this has been a shift, and I don't know, Sarah, if you've noticed this as well. One of the reasons why there was a resurgence in vinyl records is because for a long time, vinyl records were coming with digital downloads. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that was really nice. Yep. What's weird is you're seeing a lot less of that now. It used to yeah. be like yeah. four out of five albums that you would get would come with a, a, a digital download. I think that's flipped. Rachel, you have a Spotify account. I do. My boss makes me have one. <laughs> That's the thing. How hard would it be for you to only listen to physical media? Pretty hard. I live in a very small town with a Target for all Target and Walmart are where I can get my music and that is it. So if you have some obscure Kanye album, not obscure, but a Kanye album from, you know, more than five years ago, it's not likely going to be at one of those two stores. So for people in the backwoods like myself, that is my option. That or, you know, buying it online and hoping it'll get here in time. Something like a Spotify is almost mandatory. Yeah. Spotify, for good reason, has become a bit of a dirty word in the right. industry. Because it's a shitty, shady company that yeah. doesn't pay their artists. But I still own it. I have an account. I listen to it. Shit. We can all share our shame. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Except for AJ, who's better than everyone. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think I just want to, I want to do one round and then we'll get to some fun stuff. But I want to do one round of this kind of final thoughts, Rachel. What is your take on these popular artists sucking up the printing presses? Do you lean more towards this is a bad thing for the obvious reasons mm -hmm. or a good thing for the potential future reasons? Yes. I have okay. a lot of thoughts. Good. I think there is great potential. Obviously, where the money is, is where the printing's going to go. And it's not fair. Taylor Swift turns in her album seven months ahead of time, which is still seven months, but she's getting four times as many copies printed. Plus, you know, she's Taylor Swift, so more than four times as many, but four copies, four variants of each. So that's not fair. But as we've talked about, having this demand since 2019, vinyl sales have more than doubled just mm -hmm. in a couple of years. It's not going to stop. And so there are going to be more companies that are like, well, we should probably press our own records. We should probably open in more places to make this happen, which is going to open up for those smaller bands. It's just an unfortunate intermediary time, I think, right now. I agree with that. Uh, to an extent, there's never going to be an, a shortage of big label artists. Right. 
And so I do worry that it's just going to completely take over. There are allegations that some major labels are paying the world's presses to commit their machines to their orders only Mm. now at this point. So that's going to get worse. And then the other thing that I think this is going to cause, something that I think is starting to take a bigger hit, is quality. Sure. More and more records are faulty now because people are rushing to get them out. Mm-hmm. And there are these cheap shit printing presses that are starting to pop up and print out. I'm not talking about bootlegs. I'm talking about literally fraud. Somebody like Taylor Swift, who is so universally popular because Ed Sheeran and Adele are different. There are plenty of people that hate them. I think somebody like Taylor Swift with her persona, who will at least pretend to if her records were coming out and people were finding out they were shitty, she would come out with a press release and bam, it would get fixed. I think that's a good thing. I just don't know who it's good for. It's hard because it's like there is the silver lining that this will force other companies to start their own plants. And Mm -hmm. I think that is great for everyone, you know, kind of just spread it around instead of have it concentrated in just one place every single time. You know, you guys all said pretty much everything I was thinking. So, I mean, I have to agree with you that- We're very smart people. Very, (laughs) you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah Sarah, I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure why we're on here yeah. I, you know, it's <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> me I'm over here like oh records go spin you know just <laughs> that's all you need that's, uh, we're gonna get to that later but yeah, that's all yeah. you okay need. okay yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah I agree I agree with everything that that was said yeah. you know I'm not, I'm not exactly the doom and gloom type on it I kind of have you know an optimistic viewpoint that it's gonna get better and that you know we are in that mid place where it's just kind of we gotta wait and get through this first yeah I think the only thing that I would add is that I think the the pressure on pressing plants right now is kind of forcing indie artists to get a little bit more creative there's a whole kind of sub industry for things like lathe cutting that is starting to pop up. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, lathe, it still sounds kind of like shit, but (laughs) it's, it's still, they're still experimenting with it and, and people are getting better at it. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of cutting that you can do with for indie artists in small batch. And so, especially if you're an artist who, you know, you know, you're not going to sell more than like a thousand records. You're not going to sell more than 500 records that, actually becomes a much better option for you doing something like that to Mm -hmm. at least get records out there for people to listen to, sell them in stores. I like that both of you ended it on more of a positive note. See, this is why we need to have guests, Rachel. So we're just (laughs) two fucking Eeyores. Let's do some fun questions. And some of these I gave you before, some of them I didn't. That's okay. I'm going to start with Rachel because it's going to be fun. Rachel, you do have vinyls and yes. maybe, maybe you already have it. Records. records. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, yes. okay. Call me okay. out on it. All right. It was, it was mostly the S that I was, I was questioning. Oh, the alarm yeah. went off. Did I say and, that? Uh, I said the yeah. mm, I'm sorry. Rachel, you <laughs> have okay. vinyl just, records. Mm, okay. Correct. Or just vinyl. It drives me nuts too. So. I know. That's why I wanted to point it out. Cause I knew you would Thank be you, bothered AJ. later. Rachel, Rachel, what album would you start your collection with? It would be in my head. I love old records. I do have, I think Frank Sinatra is kind of the oldest that I have. An, I have an old Frank Sinatra Christmas album. Sarah, what is the darling in your collection? 
Sophie's choice. Yep. Okay. So probably my first pressing Siamese dream, Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, that's good. That is a good one. That's a little surprising. I was expecting some sort of, you know. Pinkerton blue album sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's hard because, you know, Weezer's always just kind of up there, but Siamese Dream was an album that just like, mm-hmm. you know, it was it for me for a long yeah. time. And, you know, it's just album's start, amazing. Start to finish, just perfection, no notes. It's just, it's so good. AJ, same question. You gave me more time to think about this. That's yeah. what he did. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll tell you that the album that I've been talking with people about most, because it just, I've never experienced anything like this. And it and it goes back to what you were talking about before about pressing plants making mistakes. I got an album recently. It was a, a Manchester Orchestra's newest album. Oh. It's a misprint. One side is Manchester Orchestra and the other side is a completely different side what? B of another oh artist. God. Holy that shit. That is really so fun. I've never I seen I'm, that. Side A is side A of Taboo, the third studio album by American rapper Denzel Curry. I don't know if you know who that is. I didn't, uh, I didn't, do I we know who Denzel, Denzel Curry is? I didn't Holy know I didn't shit. know that is. So so and it's actually so I got it wrong. It's side B is is side B of Manchester Orchestra's album. And so um and so I was listening oh to God, it. I literally so cool. dropped the needle on it and all of a sudden like, this wow. like, rap album starts playing. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Their sound uh, has really changed. Yeah. And so it was a Barnes and Noble <laughs> variant, which is weird because I don't typically order things from Barnes and Noble, but but it, it's I'm a big fan of Manchester Orchestra. And so I typically yeah, something great. of mm-hmm. this, and so I I will buy multiple variants and I liked this Barnes a noble variant do you have a holy grail album yeah smashing pumpkins melancholy and the infinite sadness mm. I think oh. is, yeah that's that's one i found bootleg versions i found versions for you know again discogs tortures me with you know uh 200 yeah. 300 yeah but that's one where i just i'm just waiting well sarah has a smashing pumpkins album she would i uh, have that one as well actually yeah. do you <laughs> Oh man. To be fair, it was 150 bucks for it. Yeah. Uh, it was like, you know, the, the box, you know, so, some slight regrets on the price, but, uh, nah, but it's there. A, it's it's in my collection. That album's worth it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, what about you, Sarah? So for a long time, it was AFI Sing the Sorrow, which everybody widely believed would never be repressed ever, ever, ever. It was like a whole thing. I ended up buying a bootleg of it because I just really wanted that on vinyl, which it sounded amazing, <laughs> by the way. I think the only other bootleg I have in my collection is like a Weezer one from Japan. And it's just a bunch of random like B-sides. AFI Sing the Sorrow was mine for the longest time. And then they finally announced, I think it was it this year or last year that they were repressing it. So <laughs> I was like, okay, glad I didn't spend the $500 on Discogs for that. So now my new grail is something corporate uh north or uh sean lennon friendly fires oh. which has like only been pressed like once and it's like never been on sale ever what is it the something corporate album uh was leaving through the window that was their one there before that and that's also missing from my collection that, yes, so i guess that, that also that's counts. one i would put that on my my short <laughs> yeah. list of of grails yeah. yeah awesome there's so much in common smashing mm-hmm. pumpkin something corporate <laughs> sarah what would have to happen to the industry for you to stop collecting records? Insane prices. Right now, the cost is getting a little bit crazy. It is. 50 bucks for like one album that 
you should not be 50 bucks, you know? Rachel, I'm not trying to tell any tales out of school, but you're a bit of a penny pincher. Ugh. So I don't feel like this conversation is doing a lot of good in getting you to become a record person. <laughs> right. So first, you didn't ask me my holy grail. What's your holy grail album, Rachel? I would like a single of 1946, La Vie Rose by Edith Piaf. I think that would be a great album. I am a penny pincher. David, yes, I like to save money. However, if you look at inflation and the cost <laughs> of albums in 1978, the average was about $30 an album in our money. I would like to think that if the big labels took over and bought out all the pressings and all that stuff, I would be angry enough to not do it. Yeah. But I am weak-willed. I don't have that many morals. I mean, I still watch sports, even though every single league is corrupt as shit. I don't know. Right. I'm not sure that anything would be able to get me to stop. Like, if, I don't know. Maybe if they started making them out of people's tears or something. Uh, what about you, AJ? You would still buy them if they were people's tears. Yeah. I should have said something. You mean more. like Fallout Boy just did? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? What did they do? Fallout Boy actually uh, had a super limited edition uh, version of their new album that actually has tears from the band in between. That, that has to be like a biohazard, though. Emo uh, thing would think I've so, ever heard in my but life. I mean, it is very emo. It was super expensive and it went like two seconds. Oh, I'm sure. Final, I'm sure but... it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's yeah. great. AJ, what about you? What would have to happen? I'm still processing what I just heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's going to be keeping me up at night. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, cost, we've talked about that. Uh, that's probably highest on the list. Otherwise, I love the experience of going to, to local record stores. I mean, if local record stores started to go under, I think that would kind of ruin the experience yeah. for me. To sure, that is a good yeah. point. Yeah. I've started to see this. I, I wrote a post a few weeks back about hobby burnout. I'm starting to see that with a lot of people, you know, I jumped onto Instagram and started, started the Philly vinyl spin, uh, I don't know, three, four years ago. And there are a lot of people who were, were really into vinyl. We kind of got in together. Maybe it was a COVID hobby for a lot of us. I, I think there was like one week where I saw like three different people who I follow all posts that they were selling off their collection because mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. were just, they were just kind of burned out by it. Wow. And I think it was any number of things and they didn't always specify why they got burned out, but that's just kind of an interesting phenomenon to me. Uh, uh, what is it about yeah. just like, what is it that gets you to the point where you you know, you spend so much time and effort and energy into, into a collection. And then one day you just wake up and you decide I'm done. And I want to sell all these off. Like I can understand pairing the collection back. I've done that a number of times. Yeah. That's a hard man. Especially if you have a real, real collection, that's an asset. That you're, mm -hmm. what record are you going to give or recommend to someone to start their collection? That depends on the person. Nah. Like I said, like a good old nice jazz album. That might not be something that wets the palate enough for somebody else. Well, then they you know shouldn't I mean? have a record. Abbey Road. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. <laughs> my answer is Revolver. So we're there very, you go. very, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Get out of my head. Sarah, same question. What? Why, the first one that popped into my head was Sergeant Pepper. So I guess. There we go. Shit. Here. This is great. Uh, AJ, AJ uh, what Beatles album are you giving to somebody to start their <laughs> I think I, I, think I mentioned, line. yeah, I think I mentioned this uh, when you asked 
about starting the record collection. And uh, the first four albums I got were Beatles albums, the four Beatles albums that mm. to this yes. day, so many people consider the the core four, which doesn't include Sgt. Pepper's Sorry, Sarah. So that kind of started my collection. And then my dad gave me those. And then my brother gave me a couple of Nirvana albums. You know, I don't know. I, it's hard for me. I hate to be such a conformist and say a Beatles album. I was going to say a Beatles album, but now I feel like I need to go in a different <laughs> one. One of us. One. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're just going to have one album, probably Abbey Road or Help. AJ, right back to you. You're a reviewer. I have a feeling it's not going to be the, what was it? Record Pie or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> one piece of gear that you recommend everyone have when they start a record collection and you can't just say record player that's cheating oh that was gonna be my answer you know a classic disc disc washer mm-hmm. uh, mm. i think just a classic disc washer it does a lot to address dust static that sort of thing sarah what about you one piece of gear you recommend to someone starting a collection so i find i use my anti-static brush the most if you know i had to give an answer other than you know a kit to to clean them the anti-static record brush would be my go-to that's actually mine too and it's not even for me not even the brush for the record but even just having a, a rag nearby to dust off your player and the stuff around your player to stop all the shit right. around it. I remember t- it took me the longest thing to figure out what is going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't have a speck of dust anywhere near it. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we collect these things? They're such a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I mean, Rachel, you said this earlier, you were talking about getting an older record that has that kind of, kind of cracks and popples. Yeah. You know? And I get that. I get the nostalgia of that. There's a certain kind of warm feeling and warm sound that even comes with those kind of crackle and pops. Mm-hmm. But I think what a lot of people don't get is it's not supposed to sound like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's <laughs> right. the records aren't actually supposed to sound like that. I know. Clean. You can keep your records in such a clean state every record is going to have at least one little, you know, pop or crackle yeah. on it, no matter how, you know, much you clean. And that's just a part of a part of the listening experience. But overall, I mean, they should play cleanly. Rachel, what piece of gear would you recommend everyone starting with? A vinyl cleaner. Um, so the reason that I love the snack crackle pop is that's, that was every <laughs> album when I was a kid. My dad, your dad was, yeah. was a smoker. So there was dust everywhere all the time and my favorite thing to do is to take it take the little cleaner and like go around the album and like clean the album and like but grab it and then hand it back like grab it like I'm a child you know and get my fingerprints all over it but cleaning it was like it reminds me of when I was a kid so I loved cleaning them when I was a kid you're talking about like the classic RCA dishwasher the, yeah, I, like the little velvety ones. Yes, yeah. that's that's the classic RCA dishwasher. That's what yeah. I was. That's what I was mentioning. Yeah, yeah that's what we had. Sarah, what is a piece of advice that you would give to somebody that wants to start a collection? First thing that came to mind for me was to make sure your storage solution can properly handle the weight. Because if you get like yeah. a cheap few bookcase thing that ends up bowing out on the sides, yeah. you know, the minute right. you put too much weight on it, you're going to run into a real problem. So. <laughs> yeah. My big ones are be ritualistic with your listening. If you buy something, listen to it immediately. Mm -hmm. We live in a world where it's really hard to sit down and relax and not stare at the big bright phone. Right. The album that you get, you aren't sitting there and appreciating, putting away, and then you automatically kind of have that memory with it. AJ, what about you? Yeah, I, David, I don't know if I can answer it better than that. I mean, it's enjoy the experience, pace yourself when you're collecting. Pace yourself um, is a good one. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, um, there's nothing better than, than dropping the needle on a record and just sitting back and just, you know, again, having a glass of bourbon and just listening to an album where you're not doing something else. You're not driving in a car, you're not running, you're not washing dishes, whatever. It, 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 you're just sitting and it's just you and the music and you're listening mm-hmm. to it. It's just a wonderful experience. And it's what saves music for me, you know, going, taking this back, you know, full circle. Yeah. Where, where I just, I didn't feel like I was enjoying music anymore. And it's kind of my vinyl record collection almost kind of saved music for me because of that experience. Oh, well, that's good. Um, but yeah, but by the way, I don't know. I, I was wondering where this is going to come out because because David, I was going to say more and more. This feels like this is an intervention for Rachel. Is was that like your alternative? <laughs> that was the Rachel, plan. Yeah. 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 Ra- Rachel, we love you, but we're concerned about the MP3s you're listening to. You yes, know, I wasn't sure exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I only have two more questions, Oof. and they're fairly simple. Rachel, what's the first album you ever owned? Oh, I don't know. Is the short answer, All and right. I don't know because. The first albums I listened to were my dad's. And then I was like, albums are pretty. And then I went to the thrift store, bought some old albums and nailed them to the wall in my bedroom. All right. <laughs> I mean, nailed is subjective. I hung them on nails. I've, I've figured. It's, it's still bad. Your four you know? variations of Taylor Swift. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sarah, what's the first album you ever owned? Do you mean like first album I bought with my own money or because that's good I like that first, first album you ever bought with your own money album I bought with my own money do not shame me it was in sync <laughs> I was an adolescent girl yes I loved the boy bands could not stop myself which one was it? it the for the self-titled one yeah mm-hmm. that was that was the first one I bought with my own money into so. it yeah that's funny because I wrote down the first what I put down is the first record I ever owned, which was Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboys by Elton John. I just remember that cover and it just blew me away. But oh, I it's think so the good. F- first album I ever bought with my own money was I can out shame the shame for shaming because I think the first album I ever bought with my own money was the cassette of whatever Vanilla Isis album was that had Ice Ice Baby on it. Oh, okay. AJ, please save us. What <laughs> is the first album you Needs ever? Please be a cool one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So the CDs again. It was a gift from my dad. Was was Abbey Road, Revolver, Help, and Okay, you win. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, okay. Whatever. So the Beatles collection. Yeah. And then and then my brother got me a couple Nirvana albums. He got me Bleach and Nevermind. The first one wow, I okay, ever went out and, and purchased was the Muddy Banks of the Wish Car. So Nirvana. Mm. Oh man. That was, okay. I think that was the first one. But I already at that point had had Bleach and, and Nevermind. You may win, but I tell yeah. you that Vanilla Ice album slaps. Listen, you, you won the <laughs> battle, but not the war. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last question. AJ first. What is your favorite most recent vinyl purchase? My favorite most recent purchase, and I have they're both behind me. I have two independent albums. I already talked about the Gama Senin, which uh, was an independent artist, great album. And then uh, Reaver by the Brontosaur, which is another very independent album. But these are all encompassing pieces of art. The inserts are incredible. The Reaver vinyl, which is, they're a little more uh, Jane's Addiction-y. They have a full art book and every single song has a, an amazing illustration of art that goes along with the song. 
the lyrics there. It's just the most beautiful vinyl setup. Everybody, go check out Reaver by the Brontosaur and the Gamasin, and both of those are incredible. I mean, we got to support indie artists. We got yeah. to. And I know I'm sitting here with Alice in Chains and the Beatles in the background, too, <laughs> yep. Yep. because, hey, I am a man of good taste as well. But we got to support the indie albums. So now I will go back to AJ. What is your most favorite reason? Vinyl Burgess. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you the one that I'm most excited about. It's actually, this is also right behind me. So uh, I haven't even listened to it yet. Uh, it came in the mail, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes before we all sat down to talk. Oh, and I just, nice. I just, I took it out of the box and I, I ran it through the spin clean. Uh, it's Copeland's Beneath the Medicine Tree. And oh so that's- my- God. So that's and and it's a so pretty. It's a it's a really cool pressing. So I'm very excited about that one. And I, I will that's be, fantastic. I, I am be, a, I, I really, 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 really love Copeland. Yeah. Very much. So when we when we finish, that's what I plan on doing the rest of the evening is is spinning that album. I love it. Same question. What is your most favorite recent vinyl purchase? So this one's kind of wild. It is something I found on Bandcamp. Um, it is mm. Tom Caruana presents Wu-Tang versus the Beatles. And it's like a bootleg mashup album. Ooh. And it is amazing. And it's <laughs> exactly fantastic. what you think it would be. I could be into that. <laughs> it's enter the magical mystery chambers. So oh my uh, God. it is fantastic. Uh, um, I love that one. And then the other one that I've been really digging a lot lately uh, that I just actually picked up recently. I've been looking for it for a while. Uh, the Bird and the Bee, I actually just did a post about it uh, recently. The Bird and the Bee did a tribute album to Van Halen. And it's like no guitars, mm. it's all piano, and it's absolutely fantastic wow. renditions of Van Halen songs. They did another one that was actually a tribute to Hall & Oates that's also fantastic. <laughs> but I, I love it. I've been listening to it like nonstop. Rachel, what's your most favorite? What would your most favorite recent record purchase be? My f- most favorite recent was I purchased Diana Krall's Christmas album at a shop in Austin. So you're one of the vinyl people. She's one of the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I don't have an an excessive, like, I need that album, but it's more of a, one of the things that I love doing is listening to Christmas music while I'm decorating the tree and the record player's in there. So I'm like, oh, when I get the record player fix, I'm gonna put on some Diana Krall. I'm gonna put on some Frank Sinatra. I got my Christmas albums, decorate the tree. You gotta get that Charlie Brown Christmas going. I know. That is all we've got for the night. Rachel, thank you for joining us. Thank you for bringing the stream perspective. We are excited for you to get your record player fixed so that next year when we do this you're going to be in love yeah sarah thank you so much for joining at sarah spins vinyl this was a blast i really really appreciate you coming on to talk i look forward to your post thank you thank you i loved it it was fun aj same thing aj is at philly vinyl spin same thing amazing posts they're pretty they make me happy when I'm scrolling in the morning. AJ, thank you so much for joining and giving us your perspective. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was a blast. A lot of fun. Versecoursefirst.com at versecoursefirstpod. All you record lovers, thank you so much. Good night. Good luck. Oh, I, oh, I want to stay right by your side.